Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, and today I'll be reading this gospel tract titled Adorning Outward or Inward? And this is a spiritual guide for ladies, and can go for any lady, woman, and especially Christian women who are desiring to be more Christ-like and have this conviction about uh, modest apparel. And this is written by Ronald E. Williams, and he was the director of Hepzibah House, which is no longer around. They closed it a couple years ago, <clears throat> so I'm not sure if this uh, address is probably not available anymore, but I will give you the phone number and then the email address, so if you want to contact him for further information about this tract and other things that he is doing now. And this was a, a Hepzibah House was a school that he had opened up for um, wayward women, um, or teenage uh, girls and young women to go to to get help, but uh, like I said, this is no longer open anymore, but here is the phone number and the address, the email address to contact him if you want to get uh, more information about what he is doing now and the books that he's written and stuff that he's done, and that again is Ronald E. Williams, and he was the director of Hepzibah House. And the phone number is 574-269-2376. Like I said, not sure if this number is available anymore or if he's changed it since then. And this is www.hepzibahouse.org. And, of course, that website's probably no longer in um, around. So email would be hepzibah at k c-o-n-l-i-n-e dot com and that's uh, hepzibah that's h-e-p-h-z-i-b-a-h and so you can probably contact them that way or look them up on the internet and so let me get started on this track that he wrote titled adorning outward or inward a spiritual guide for ladies of course this is always a very controversial subject and so Hopefully you don't get too upset with me by reading this, but uh, this would help you if you want to be more Christ-like as a woman uh, that's trying to uh, live for the Lord and trying to have that outward uh, adorning and that outward appearance to match your inward uh, uh, heart there. So, of course, um, you can have an outward um, showing, but your heart can still be bad, so make sure you have your heart right because usually... Uh, however your heart is is how you're going to be on the outside. Amen. Alright, so here we go. This is titled again, Adorning Outward or Inward, A Spiritual Guide for Ladies. And we'll be going over all these scriptures here and reading them to you throughout this tract. And it says, Unexpected Spiritual Struggle is the first topic here on this tract. So let me get started here unexpected spiritual struggle says an earnest Christian man parks his car in the church parking lot and silently prays for God to bless the upcoming Lord's Day services he has been acutely aware of his fleshly lapses and spiritual fallings or excuse me uh, spiritual failings during the past few days and he is earnestly looking forward to fellowship with the consecrated believers of his flock, worshiping his Savior and having his soul refreshed with godly music 
and the faithful preaching of the Word of God. <clears throat> he wants to enter into the upcoming services, not as a spectator, but to worship in spirit and in truth. Within moments of entering the auditorium, he happens to see a young woman of the church of beautiful form and fair features who has chosen to dress in such a way that the design of her clothing and type of material reveal the contours of her body only her husband should see. The extremely close fit of her clothing serves to accentuate the movements of her body because she chose to wear a low neckline and short hem her appearance becomes alluring and provocative to the vision of every man in the auditorium. The slit in her skirt reveals momentarily sensual glimpses of her thigh with every step. <clears throat> now the brother, who sincerely came to seek the face of God, refresh his soul and worship his Savior, finds himself in an unexpected battle with his flesh. His spirit seeks to avoid gazing at the Christian woman, whereas his lower nature wants to gaze upon her. He becomes so distracted in this conflict between his flesh and spirit that at the conclusion of the service he feels soiled and defeated that he allowed his eyes to feed his lustful imaginations and that, his, and that he displeased his Savior in so doing. His yearning anticipation of spiritual blessing in the worship service has unexpectedly ended in distraction and spiritual struggle so <clears throat> remember that uh, ladies that uh, you can be a hindrance to your brother in Christ and so don't be a hindrance in that way continuing on uh, the next topic here is titled a scriptural solution so we're going to go through a lot of scripture here and I'll read it to you so you understand what it says so this next topic here in this uh, tracts titled A Scriptural Solution, first century Christians faced similar uh, situations as the illustration above, Peter explaining the effect of the grace of God, 1 Peter 5.12, on believers, taught how that supernatural, enabling grace helps believers to rise above living natural lives and to live supernatural lives Lives that are contrary to our flesh and to the ways of this world. So let's read 1 Peter 5.12 really quick before we move on here. So 1 Peter 5.12 is the first passage here. <clears throat> so 1 Peter 5 and verse 12 says thus. So it says, um, make sure that's right. So 1 Peter 5.12 says here by Sylvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Oh wait, I was reading Second Peter. Sorry, oh no, it is first Peter. So, all right, I was reading the right uh, passage there. So that was First Peter five twelve. <clears throat> okay, so now continuing on into the pamphlet here on this. Topic, uh, scriptural solution, continuing on, it says in that section of his epistle explaining how ladies must submit to lost husbands, 1 Peter 3, 1-6, he goes on to detail how ladies ought to adorn themselves, 1 Peter 
uh, 3, 3 through 5. So let's read this here in 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 through 6. <clears throat> so 1 Peter 3. All right. I'm going the wrong way here. So 1 Peter 3, and this is, uh, what was it? Uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, thir 3, 1 through 6. So read that here. So 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6 says, Likewise, ye wives, be in submission to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating of, of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, uh, ye husbands, uh, dwell with them according to uh, knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Amen. So that's talking uh, there, First uh, Peter 3, 1 through 6. So again, in this section of his epistle explaining how ladies must submit to lost husbands, First Peter 3, 1 through 6, he goes on to detail how ladies ought to adorn themselves, First Peter 3, 3 through 5, just as a lady who follows her flesh will seek to assert leadership of her home, she will also adorn herself in the ways of this world. Natural and supernatural behavior are sharply contrasted in this portion. A woman utilizing the grace of God will be submissive, submissive even to a lost husband and will dress in God-pleasing ways, whereas a woman fa uh, failing of the grace of God will resist, supplant, or ignore her husband's authority, and will dress in ways conforming to the values, fads, and fashions of this present world. And you ladies might say, well, my husband doesn't always obey the Lord, and whether he's lost or saved, even a saved husband, uh, of course, not always going to be obedient, but of course, it's better for you just to, to keep living for the Lord as best you can, while he's not, and your example will perhaps help him to get back on the right track. Amen. All right, continuing on, it says, Adorning comes from the Greek noun cosmos, okay? Uh, harmonious arrangement or, or order, the world or universe being divinely arranged. In its verb form, this word gives rise to the English word cosmetic, and especially in its modern use, means to decorate or garnish. However, its biblical sense is to arrange or put in order. He puts in parentheses a divine order. Uh, thus, the modern cosmetics, while they do arrange in a certain order, are a corruption and a distortion 
of the idea of adorning if that order is not ordained of God. So, nothing wrong with wearing makeup and stuff, but making sure you're not guarding your face with it and wearing too much makeup, right? So, if uh, you're a woman. So, alright. So, next uh, topic here in the tract is titled Contrasting Adornment. And so, here we have in First Peter 3, 3 through 4, again, I just read that, uh, there is a contrast between fleshly, worldly adorning and the adorning which pleases God. This contrast is set up in sharp relief by the prohibition, let it not be, in First Peter 3, 3, and the antithetical uh, positive command, let it be, in First Peter 3, 4. Even more clarity is given to the reader by contrasting the sphere of adorning the outward sphere in verse 3 as opposed to the hidden man of the heart, the inner sphere of man in verse 4. In other words, a woman failing of the grace of God, either a lost woman or a carnal woman, will primarily focus on externals, verse 3, whereas a godly woman who utilizes the grace of God, will primarily focus on internals, verse 4. So, starting on the inside, because what's on the inside tends to come out. So, and however your heart is, even if you're trying to dress properly on the outside and you still have a bad heart, it'll come out eventually. So, right? Okay, so continue on. It says, a lost or carnal feminine heart finds pathetic and dis... Uh, Rating emotion, emotional value in being the object of masculine um, attention and sensual gazing. This is a pitiful and debasing corruption of what God intended. Ostentatious, uh, gaudy, and modest and brassy women are universally condemned in Scripture. Uh, that these undesirable traits are natural is demonstrated by Peter's negative order, let it not be, in verse 3 of First Peter uh, chapter 3. In other words, a feminine heart bereaved of the grace of God will naturally focus on externals to some degree, some scandalously, so others to the norms of popular culture at, the the, at that time. Peter saying, do not do what is a natural inclination for your fallen nature as a woman. So that was that. So next topic here is titled Universal Temptation of, man, of Men. So here we go. So Universal Temptation of Men. Every man has eye, has, an, has eye problems because he has heart problems. Proverbs 27.20 says, Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied, uh, just as hell and destruction are uh, voracious and insatiable, so are a man's eyes. They are the primary gateway of exciting his libido, and that is why Job said, I made a covenant with mine eyes, why then should I think upon a maid? In Job uh, 31, 1. He had no need of making a covenant with any other bodily mechanism because his eyes were the source of his temptation in so far as women were concerned. Though a man is fifteen 
or 115 he has eye problems right so uh, though physically incapable of committing acts of immorality a man's eyes can bring sinful lust into his heart right looking upon a woman with lust uh, it is understandable with these biblical truths in mind how even godly David was tempted with regard to Bathsheba because of what he saw that a man is tempted by sight is no excuse for him to think or act in a wrong way because of course men and women are different men look on outward appearance and then women tend to look inwardly so let's make sure we keep our eyes and our heads uh gentlemen <laughs> right so again that a man is tempted by sight is no excuse for him to think or act in a wrong way by the grace of god and through self-control he can and must resist the temptation first corinthians ten thirteen. so let's read that first corinthians ten thirteen. go there first corinthians 10 verse 13 all right, so verse 13 says, uh, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a, make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Amen. So that's the passage there. And continuing on, it says, How sad and incongruous that men coming to church services must resist looking at many Christian women who, either ignorantly or knowingly, by their dress have become a sensual object of temptation for the eyes of every man in the auditorium. So whether it's ignorantly or knowingly, shouldn't do it. But if you're doing it ignorantly and you don't know any better, well, hopefully when somebody comes up to you and corrects you in a polite, gracious manner, that is, that you would take heed of that if you're a, a woman. So continuing on, it says, at what, um, at what do most men of this world look when given the opportunity? Simply observe the eyes of men in public places where many people are coming and going in such a public thoroughfare. Uh, notice the objects of their lustful and salacious gazing women who are dressing and acting Boldly and immodestly, notice also that women who are dressed in clothing that is long, loose, and layered, so as to conceal intimate contours and features of her body, receive little or no attention from those same serious men. Any godly woman must candidly ask the personal question, Why would I want men looking at me with lust in their hearts unless you for some perverted and pathetic reason deliberately desire to be the object of men's lustful gazing you must purpose to adorn yourself in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety first timothy 2 9 shamefacedness is a sense of shame and modesty that will prevent a good woman from ever defrauding a man and raising her carnal desires through her through uh, through her wrong dress and or actions sobriety is that self-control of passions and desires 
that would prevent her from desiring to dress so as to attract the lustful eyes of men. And next topic here is titled, The Outward Reveals the Inward. One cannot take the prohibitions of 1 Peter 3.3 absolutely, i.e. we can never plate hair, never wear gold, etc. Because this would also mean we can never wear clothing, right? So, so of course, you need to know that wearing clothing is important. Again, the contrast of verses 3 and 4 explain the principle for us. Emphasize internal godly character as opposed to shallow, corruptible, and worldly outward features. Consequently, an insecure, worldly, and carnal feminine heart con concentrates on her externals, dress, jewelry, fashions, cosmetics, etc., whereas a godly woman attempts to focus primarily on the development of inner character qualities. To put it another way, the externals of a woman's life, whether godly or ungodly, reflect the state of her internal or heart condition. When one sees a gaudy, provocative, and immodest woman, she is revealing a shallow or non-existent spirituality within. When one sees a hard-working, submissive, and quiet-spirited woman who is modestly dressed, she is demonstrating or reflecting an in, inner godliness, 1 Timothy 2.10. So let's look at that passage there, 1 Timothy 2.10. All right, so 1 Timothy chapter 2. Oop, I went the wrong way. So 1 Timothy 2. All right, we'll get there. So 1 Timothy 2.10. All right, so it says, um, make sure that's right. Uh, what is that? First Timothy two ten. Nope, I'm in Second Timothy. So First Timothy two ten says uh, this. So verse ten says. Um, so we read verse nine. Um, where can we start here? All right. So verse nine says, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or uh, perils or costly array, but which becometh uh, women professing godliness with good works, and then so on and so forth. All right, so that was First uh, Timothy two nine and ten, and continuing on in the um, topic here, uh, how a woman acts and dresses reveals whether she is pleasing self, the one who concentrates on adorning the external, or whether she is attempting to please God. Development of modesty, order, and godly character is of high value to the Lord. 1 Peter 3, 4 Dressing and acting as a woman of this world will most assuredly rivet the persistent interest of lustful men, whereas adorning your heart and life with Christian graces and virtues merits the approving attention of a holy God. Note that godly Graces of the heart are not corruptible, 1 Peter 3, 4. In other words, a soul and its hard-earned virtues do not decay. Voluptuous and sensual uh, sex objects of this world, no matter how beautiful, no matter how alluring, with all, or well, un, all undergo the corruption of death, their beauty and sensuality, uh, will be quickly despoiled by the worms and decay of death. 
that which men view as an object of lust will corrupt and decay, that which God counts as valuable will live on through the ages. How foolish to spend concentrated uh, laborious hours in front of a mirror to gain a certain look, to spend vast sums of money on cosmetics and stylish clothing to assiduously solicit and solicitous solicitous uh, gaze and desire of men when it uh, lusts for or when it lasts for such a short time before it is corrupted the question is with good reason the king's daughter is all glorious within psalm 45:13 so let's uh, read that 45:13 of psalms Let's go there. Psalm, go back to the book of Psalm. And what was that? 45. Psalm 45. 13. So Psalm 45. 13 says this. It says, The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. So, alright. So that was that passage there. And it says, The king's daughter emphasizes her inner man, which with her redeemed soul pleases God into the ages and does not cease with death. Nothing is more is nothing is a more beautiful adornment to a Christian wife than a meek and quiet spirit. Yeah. Amen. No deformity is more outrageous or unsightly than its reverse, a discontented, pervish, domineering and fretful spirit. As one man has said, this latter spirit is hateful everywhere. It is nowhere more hateful than in a woman, in no woman so hateful as in a wife. And that's Proverbs 27, 15, 25, 24, and 21, 19. So let's read those passages there. So Proverbs 27, 15 is the first one. So Proverbs 27, 15. Right, so 27.15 says, A continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. And then the next one is 25.24. So let's go back to Proverbs 25.24. It says, It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman and in a wide house. And then the final one is 21.19. So let's go back to 21.19, and it says, It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. <laughs> right? So, what was the passage there? It says, Continuing on, how beautiful the wife who in the midst of the endless, perplexing, and frustrating details of her household and marriage maintains an unruffled temper and in Christian patience possesses her soul. Outward behavior reflects in, inner character of soul just as an external pulse represents an internal heartbeat. And he writes, the um, author writes here, Dear sister, when you adopt the fashions and fads of this world, you are demonstrating by your outward behavior a leanness and anima of soul. Moreover, if you possess a comely figure and fair features, you are also responsible for placing a stumbling block in front of every man 
who views you, or, or who view, or who views your exposed and provocative figure, is the degraded gratification you receive from the lustful stares of men worth being responsible for defrauding them? Hmm. Tempting them to lust and debasing your own soul? This would be forsaking divine approval and heavenly reward for a mess of pottage, the daughter of Sarah, First Peter uh, 3, 6, will reject immodesty, no matter how popular uh, with this world, uh, gaudiness, impropriety, and boldness are shunned by her with the same determination as she would reject adultery. Modesty is always in style for godly, charactered women. A daughter of Sarah would be horrified with shame to be the object of a man's lust. Rather, she is seeking to please the Heavenly Father with her modest dress, quiet temperament, and servant spirit. Praise the Lord. So, that is the end of the track there. Again, this is titled, Adorning Outward or Inward, a Spiritual Guide for Ladies. So, of course, uh, apart from men, let's make sure we keep our eyes on our head and you see a woman dressed immodestly and not dressing the way that she should, then to look away as quick as you can, right? And then women, not to be a stumbling block for other um, brothers in Christ, so or any man for that matter, whether saved or lost. And again, the author of this tract is Rod Ronald E. Williams. And uh, again, his information is www. Or I'll give you the email because I'm sure this website is no longer available. So the email is hepsibah at kconline.com. And maybe that email address is still available. Not you could probably look him up on the internet. And so this is one of the many tracks that he's written, along with um, uh, books that he's written. So you can look those up on the internet. So amen. All right. So that is. Uh, the end of this tract here and next time i'll i'll read you another tract uh from uh brother ronald williams and i think that one will be on um social media so hope you'll join me next time for that one amen thanks for listening bye for now